We commence today's show exploring the motives and consequences of California Governor Gavin Newsom's choice of a black woman named LaFonza Butler to fill the Senate seat of Dianne Feinstein, who passed away last week. You heard a bit of my commentary about this yesterday. I've got some concerns about this, uh, specifically as it relates to Gavin's motives and consequences. LaFonza Butler will be the only black woman in the U.S. Senate, given former California Senator Kamala Harris's upgrade to the VP's office in the White House. Okay, I think that's an upgrade. I guess it depends on who you ask. In any event, I am pleased now to be joined in conversation by L.A. Times columnist Mark Baraback. Uh, Mark, good to have you on, sir. How are you today? I'm good. Good to be with you. Good to have you on. Thanks for the opportunity. So I, I'm a little I'm a little suspect um, of Gavin's motives in this regard. I'll just start with that uh, and we'll jump from there. That's my sense. Suspect. I can unpack that as we move forward. But give me your read of this of this move by Governor Gavin Newsom. Well, uh, to start by quoting myself, I did a column this morning. And if I were to sum it up in a sentence, it was, I think, a good pick. And it was very, very poorly executed. Mm. Um, I mean, LaFonza Butler, I, I, I know LaFonza some. I had a, a long conversation with her for a column I did a uh, couple of years, I, I guess. Um, very capable, really quite an impressive resume. Um, the thing that I like that she brings to the Senate is her perspective. She's 44, which, you know, in Senate terms makes her a spring chicken. Uh, <laughs> she is uh, she, she is openly lesbian. Um, she came from, you know, a pretty hard scrabble upbringing, had a mom. Her father passed when she was 16. Her mom had to work a lot of jobs to support her and her three kids, herself and her three kids. Um, came up through the labor movement. She does not have a, a trust fund or a hedge fund or a silver spoon in her background. And I, I think that's a great uh, perspective to bring to the Senate. Um, the other side of it is I think Gavin, Gavin Governor Newsom, really made a hash of this whole thing. It started when he made a, a promise to uh, fill any vacancy at that time, theoretical, with, with a black woman. Then he said, well, if I do it, it's just going to be a caretaker. And then he said, oh, you know, not going to be a caretaker. I just think too much backing and forthing. I think he really made a hash of the whole thing. Mm. Let me. Let, I'm, I'm glad you laid that out. And I'm, uh, uh, the piece this morning is uh, is a pretty good piece. Um, let me let me just start just start to pick some of this apart if I can. Uh, and I want to start broad, and we we can narrow this. So how 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 would you, as a columnist? I mean, obviously you're not an African American, but as a columnist, how would you respond to people that say, uh, and many have said it, that this is the worst kind of identity politics played by the left? And what is the point of saying? in advance, whether you're Joe Biden or Gavin Newsom, again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, that when this opportunity comes up, I'm going to pick a black person for this, a black woman for this. How would you respond to folks that that is the worst kind of identity politics? I wouldn't call it the worst kind of identity politics. I would say it's bad politics, you mm -hmm. know, for this reason. If Gavin Newsom says, you know what, if there's an opening, I'm going to appoint a black woman or I'm going to appoint a Latino, or I'm going to appoint a white chubby guy with a goatee. Mm -hmm. From that point on, everyone is going to say, well, you know, the only reason they appointed that person is because they're a black woman or a Latino or a chubby white guy with, with a goatee. Mm -hmm. The best thing to do would have been just to appoint LaFonza or whoever mm -hmm. and say, hey, this is a great pick, and here's why I made that pick. But he didn't do that, and here's where I fault Gavin Newsom. We got to go back in time. It was March uh, of 2021. He was facing a potential recall. There were a lot of angry people. I don't have to tell you, a lot of angry mm -hmm. black folks about the fact that he did not replace Kamala Harris with a black woman. And so he just blurted out, well, I I'm going to appoint a black woman. Again, should have just done it. But from his perspective, he doesn't get the political points. So he made that promise and everything that ensued to, I think, his detriment. Mm -hmm. And, and how, how do you explain uh, next? How do you explain the fact that at, at, at one point he said 
that uh, whoever he would whoever he appointed would be just interim. He would not appoint someone that was going to run for the seat. There'd be conditions on the appointment. Then all of a sudden we read that there are no conditions on LaFonza Butler. If she wanted to, she could run for this seat. Uh, and the race is already filled with a, another black woman, Barbara Lee. There's Adam Schiff. There's Katie Porter. How did how and and where did that change come from? Well, you know, I think he just felt a lot of pressure. Um, well, I think he felt pressure twice on. I, I think he made the promise going back in March of 2021 that he would appoint a black woman. And then it became somewhat untenable when you had three very viable, com- you know, candidates competing. As uh, your listeners know, I'm sure, Representatives Barbara Lee, Adam Schiff, Katie Porter. Mm-hmm. Um, as the race got hot and heavy, I think he realized, and I happen to agree with this, that, you know, it's not my place to put a finger, uh, a thumb on the scale. There are people who are running. Let them sort it out. Let the voters decide. And whoever's going to be the appointment will be an interim. And then he faced uh, a lot of pressure from folks who weren't happy, in particular supporters of Barbara Lee. I think he just wilted under pressure. Mm. Uh, more to talk about. Um, uh, for those across the nation, uh, her name is LaFonza Butler. We know her well uh, here in California. For that matter, she's known nationally. She was an advisor to Kamala Harris. She will now be the only black woman in the United States Senate. Uh, you heard uh, Mark Baraback say a moment ago, a good pick, but a poor execution. Um, I've got some issues with that. Uh, we'll pick it apart when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. For all the freedom-loving folk, this is Tavis Smiley. I feel like May Fresh Daily in the Mert Park, Los Angeles, California. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Mark Bearback is our guest, LA Times Comments, talking about all the politics uh, around LaFonza Butler being uh, selected by California Governor Gavin Newsom to fill the remaining term of Senator Dianne Feinstein, who served California 30 years uh, in the Senate, passed away last week. Uh, LaFonza Butler sworn in today by Kamala Harris, the vice president. Um, so there is now a black woman in the U.S. Senate uh, as of today. Uh, once again, her name is LaFonza Butler. She has been the head of Emily's List, a group that raises money to get uh, women candidates elected across the country, formerly a major union player, uh, born and raised in Mississippi, the state of my birth. Um, so she comes from humble beginnings, and now she is uh, sitting in the U.S. Senate. I can't imagine, Mark, even though these conditions about this person uh, not being able to run, those conditions that you mentioned earlier have been removed. I can't imagine at this point, given that we're facing a March primary in California, that um, LaFonza would, in fact, get in this race on the one end, given that Barbara Lee is there, Adam Schiff, Katie Porter. On the other hand, um, there's nothing like being an incumbent uh, running for office. And clearly, as the head of Emily's List, she's got access to a lot of money. So what's your thought about whether or not she will, in fact, be a seat warmer, whether or not she's going to uh, catch the bug and want to run for this seat? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I want to interject something real quick. And how many times have you seen a politician bust this move? We refer to Kamala, Gavin, LaFonza, Diane. That's just a California thing. No, no disrespect. That's sure. just kind of the way we, we refer to folks. So, sure. LaFonza, what are you going to do? Um, that's a really good question. And, and um, we, I'm not using the royal here, we here, the LA Times had an interview with uh, LaFonza, and she said, I, I honestly don't know. And you, you, you can understand that. I mean, she said this has been a whirlwind. She had no idea she mm-hmm. was going to be asked for this job. So that, that, that really, truly is the question. I think you raise a really, really good point. She would obviously start out with certain advantages. She is now the incumbent United States senator. She's got deep political ties uh, to strategists in the labor world, uh, among women's groups, as you mentioned. All of that said, it's going zero to 100. I mean, mm-hmm. the primary is five months from now. 
And I think, you know, those of us who do this for a living or talk about this for a living kind of take for granted. Um, it's really hard to get well known in, in a state as big as California. I mean, I've covered California politics for 40 plus years. And, mm-hmm. you know, someone like Diane Feinstein, it, it would take years years for her to become a household name in, in this state. So I don't think you can underestimate, and, and I'm not making any predictions and saying she can or she can't, but I think it would be really, really tough for LaFonza to, to go from zero to 100. You can do it, but yeah. it, it, it'd be a challenge. You used the word poorly earlier, uh, as in poorly executed, good pick. Uh, I want to inject the word messy. This is this is messy because LaFonza yeah. La, Butler tells the LA Times she's not sure whether she's going to run for the seat. But there's a black woman who's highly regarded in this state um, respected Barbara Lee, who's already in this race. She's running in third right now, according to the polls. Adam Schiff is out front slightly ahead of Katie Porter. He's certainly killing both of them in fundraising. I think Katie has about $12 million on hand. Uh, Schiff is sitting on $30 million. The country knows Adam Schiff is the guy who ran the impeachment hearings against Donald Trump. Um, so Schiff is out front. Katie's in second. Barbara's lagging uh, uh, much farther behind with only like $1.4, $1.7 million on hand. But she's a highly regarded, highly respected member of Congress and, and and black folk like and respect Barbara Lee. Uh, for Gavin to give LaFonza this seat and to remove the condition that the person uh, uh, can't run for the open seat is a slap in the face many black folk believe to Barbara Lee. You don't see that? I've heard that. I mean, uh, I, I can't speak for uh, black folks sure. not being black myself, <laughs> but I've heard, I've heard that argument. Hey, hey, Mark, hey, Mark, if it makes you feel better, I'm black and I can't speak for black folk either, but I digress. Go okay. ahead. Well, so there you go. I mean, I, I, I've heard that argument. I, I heard the argument that it would be really hard for black women in particular to, to attack another black woman. I've heard that argument that it, that, that it's sort of, that it's divided folks. Was it intentional on Gavin's part? I mean, I don't know that. I'm not inside his head. I don't know the calculation there. Um, I think, you know, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some influence. You know, LaFonza worked with uh, A. Smith, Sean Clegg, neither of which are household names, but if you're familiar with California politics, you would know them. They're uh, political advisors to Gavin. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they had some influence. Of course, you know, LaFonza a former partner in their firm. Um, did that have some influence on Gavin's decision? Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. No, um, not only would that be a slap um, if she decides to run, that could be considered by me as a slap to Barbara Lee, number one. Number two, it raises the specter. Again, I'm I'm outside of your wheelhouse right now, so just bear with me for 30 seconds. It raises the specter of black people allowing themselves to be exploited and manipulated and treated like pawns uh, when it comes to disrespecting other black people. Trust and believe that conversation is going to jump off if LaFonza Butler decides to run for this seat, uh, number two. But let me just press a little, let me Press, let, me, let me press a little harder on this. I, I, I laid this out yesterday, Mark, uh, to this audience in my views about the way this has been handled. And I, I hear your point about good pick, poorly executed. I think it's messy. And here's the point I'm pressing toward. This is the same Gavin Newsom. And I said yesterday, let me repeat again, that the country will see everybody in the country has already heard about Gavin Newsom, of course. Uh, his, his presidential ambitions are the worst kept secret in the country. Never mind the fact that Joe Biden has said he's running and Gavin said he won't. Uh, but we know that at some point Gavin has dreams of and aspirations of being president. There's no question about that. Uh, the country will see him debate Ron DeSantis, we are told, on a, on Fox News. So Fox News is featuring some debate. with I, I don't get it, but DeSantis and Newsom are going to go at it in a debate on Fox News. So the country will get to see Gavin Newsom. And he's handsome. He's sharp. He, he's, he's witty. He's, he, he's all of that. And so they may be impressed by Gavin Newsom. But I said to the audience yesterday, let me tell you something else about Gavin Newsom. This is the same guy 
who refused to endorse Karen Bass when she ran for mayor. She's a Democrat. He's a Democrat. He said that Rick Caruso and Karen were both his friends. But as a Democrat, he refused to endorse Karen Bass in a historic race to become the first black woman, first woman to be mayor of this city. He stayed out of that race, number one. Number two, his idea, in part, on reparations for this task force, but he started to moonwalk, as it were, on the reparations issue. Uh, on and on down the list I could go. When Kamala Harris, as you mentioned earlier, became vice president, he could have put, and many believe should have put a black woman in that seat. He put a Latino in that seat. Again, playing politics. This is the same Gavin Newsom now uh, who has given this uh, pick to LaFonza Butler uh, initially to be a seat warmer. As we said earlier, he's backed off of that. My point simply is this, and obviously you get it, that Gavin Newsom has a tricky relationship when it comes to black folk who have bailed him out and supported him in every one of his elections. That's part of the story, too, is it not? I think you're right. I think if Gavin, I, d I don't think he's going to run for president in 2024, one way or the other. But if he runs for the president down the road, I, I think you're absolutely right. You sort of laid out the bill of particulars, if you will. I think there is a question how much black support Gavin Newsom would have. And when he does go campaign in the black community, which any Democrat running for president has to do, I imagine he'll be answering or at least asked mm -hmm. a lot of the questions you've raised and, and be put upon at that point to uh, respond. Yep. This is to say this. And, 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 and as smart as Gavin is, this is the part about his calculus that I don't really get unless you just re, unless you just accept the fact that black folk are always a, a political calculation. And I, and I do accept that, that too often black people are nothing more than political calculus. You're disrespected uh, and, and, and taken for granted by the Democrats. You're ignored by Republicans. But anyway, you look at it too often. Black people end up being political calculus. What what Gavin needs to remember is what happened to Amy Klobuchar. Uh, when Amy Klobuchar ran for president, all the black folk in Minnesota told the country their own story of who Amy Klobuchar was inside that state and what she had not done when it came to criminal justice for black people. And that's what imploded her campaign. Had it not been for that, let's be clear, she would have been Joe Biden's pick for vice president more, than, more likely than Kamala Harris at that point. But, uh, but the country got reminded of who she was inside that state by the black folk in that state who knew her better. And Gavin Newsom was going to suffer, I think, the same fate down the road. And that doesn't really fit into a guy who's pretty smart about politics, as I see it, Mark Barabek. Well, my, my, my crystal ball is, 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 is a bit hazy uh, on what may or may not happen. But looking back, um, I, I think you could point to another example from uh, 2020. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, who was the big breakout star candidate mm -hmm. um, of the field, uh, stumbled and fell short in good part because um, he didn't have a good rapport and a lot of connection or support uh, from black voters. I, I did a story about that out of South Carolina and sure. talked to a lot of black folks there. Um, so you're right. I, I think if any, if for any Democrat, and you know, we could talk at great length about the history of the Democratic Party and its relationship with black voters, but I think you're 100% right. Anyone who's going to be the nominee of the Democratic Party in this day and age is going to need uh, not just passing, but strong support from the black community. Yeah. Um, back to LaFonza. we got about uh, four or five minutes left here. I want to circle back to her. So she's in this seat. So for those who uh, you know don't know the particulars, uh, let's talk about how, how much how much longer this term will be, um, what she can actually get done. What do we know about what agenda she may have, if anything, Mark? Well, we don't know at this point, although it has to be said, and again, this is not uh, particular to LaFonza Butler, you know, seniority is 
everything in the United States Senate. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't overstate how important that is. She is going to come in as the most junior of 100 senators. And again, that's not to disparage her. That's just to state a fact. So, you know, I think she'll be um, learning the ropes, figuring out, uh, you know, uh, her committee assignments, where, where, uh, where her office is, basics like that. Um, I think you can count on her to be a reliable, uh, down-the-line Democratic uh, vote, probably in support of most of what uh, Joe Biden puts forth. Um, big question is, um, and, and it's been answered, there was a big question uh, before Diane had passed, would Republicans allow Democrats to fill her slot on the Judiciary Committee? Mm-hmm. Why does that matter? Because a majority on that committee allows Democrats to appoint, excuse me, allows Democrats to confirm judges. A huge part of what was Trump's agenda, big part of Biden's. There was a real question if Diane went away, would it be a tie? Would uh, Biden be stalled? No more judges. Republicans have indicated that they will allow a Democrat to take that seat, whether it'll be LaFonza or a different Democrat. You know, there's a lot of shuffling whenever a senator leaves. We don't know that. But I, I think She's going to spend a lot of this time, and again, this goes to the challenge she would face running. I mean, you know, getting herself situated and acclimated to the U.S. Senate, which, you know, is a place with its own whole decorum and culture and, you know, idiosyncrasies, and at the same time ramp up and run a campaign going back and forth, you know, every weekend, 3,000 miles, that's a lot. Yeah. Yep. Um, what do we know about her relationship with Kamala? I, I, I sort of tiptoed around that earlier, but uh, you're the reporter for 40 years covering these politics in California and beyond. Um, what, what, what do we know about her relationship with uh, Vice President Harris? They're very close. They've remained close. Um, LaFonza was an advisor on Kamala's unsuccessful 2020 presidential campaign. I think uh, you, you could say that it goes beyond a, a uh, client consult relationship. I think they're friendly. I think they're friends. I got a strong uh sense that if Kamala were to run for president, if something were to happen to Biden uh, and Kamala were to run in 2024, it was my sense that, that LaFonza would have been right there with her. I imagine a similar relationship down the road, but they're very, very close. And interestingly, and, and boy, who would have thought when they were sitting there in those rooms strategizing that uh, Senator Kamala Harris would be Vice President Kamala Harris <laughs> wearing in Senator LaFonza Butler. I mean, yeah. this goes to show life and politics are crazy. No, they are indeed. They are indeed. Uh, let me circle back now to the race. So whether LaFonza Butler gets in or not, what we do know is that the conditions for her deciding that she wants to run have been removed. So she said to the LA Times, she doesn't know whether she wants to run. Um, there's too much coming at her too quickly. But if she were to get in this race, that means there'd be two black women, assuming that everybody stays in. Barbara, Lee, Barbara Lee's running. LaFonza Butler would be running running. Katie Porter, white woman is out there. Adam Schiff, white male is out there. I mentioned earlier the way that things are shaking out at the moment. Um, So all that said, what's your read right now of this race primary in March to replace Dianne Feinstein permanently? I think the most significant uh, impact of of LaFonza running would be it would probably divide the Democratic field even further which would make it more likely, and just to take a step back for your listeners, California has a top two system. So whoever, which two candidates get the most votes advanced, whether they're Democratic, Republican, Independent, Libertarian, Vegetarian, doesn't matter. (laughs) So four prominent Democrats, you could very likely see a scenario where they divide up the vote, a Republican with that, you know, base of 30, 35 percent support gets into the runoff, probably loses to a Democrat. So it makes winning that that one Democratic slot, if there is just one Democratic slot, all the more important. Mm-hmm. And and what say you are writ large about Gavin's future? He uh, he has won two consecutive terms as governor. He sur- survived a recall. There's going to be a gap if, uh, again, to your point, if he doesn't run in 2024, 
nothing happens to Joe Biden. He he carries on. Um, it's clearly uh, on his uh, on his bingo card. Uh, he, he wants to be wants to be president at some point. So how do you see his future unfolding during this gap year, gap term, if you will, where he, where he where he can't run for president? You know, I think so much depends on what were to happen. Is Joe Biden reelected, in which case he's a lame duck? Um, does something happen? I'm not, you know, wishing anything. Sure, but let's sure, say sure, sure. all of a sudden Kamala Harris is president. You know, Kamala Harris is president. She runs again. Does Gavin run against an, a sitting president from his own state? I don't see that. So there's any number of scenarios. It all comes down to what happens in 2024. Do they elect, let's just pick a name, President Nikki Haley, in mm-hmm. which case you've got a wide open race for the Democratic primary. I mean, it all depends really on what happens in 2024. Everything from there forward is going to spin out based on who's in the White House and yeah. is it an open you know, race for the Democrats or not. Got 45 seconds left here. The Congressional Black Caucus, I'm speaking to two members of that caucus in just a matter of minutes here on this program, Jonathan Jackson and Danny Davis. The CBC sent a letter to Gavin Newsom saying that Barbara Lee was hands down the most qualified person to take over this job and be ready on day one. That said, is Lafonza Butler up to the task of being a United States senator? Uh, I, I think she is. And I think the question for, for those gentlemen would be, you know, what, what does the uh, Congressional Black Caucus do now? Do you back LaFonza? Do you stick by Barbara Lee? Do you do a split endorsement? I mean, they're in a very interesting position. I'll be interested to hear what they have to say. Indeed they are. Mark Bearback, a longtime L.A. Times columnist. Mark, thanks for the insights. Good to have you on. We'll do it again, my friend. All the best to you. Thanks. It was fun. Appreciate it. Take Thank care. Thank you very much. More Tavis Smiley when we come forward. From the Merck Park with love, love, love this love. is Tavis Smiley. Oh!